DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Well, y'all done came a long way. I think that y'all have a certain amount of respect for, you know, what everybody else does. And y'all are just the best at what y'all do. This platform, the reach y'all have that you've earned, makes space for somebody like me. You guys have a direct line to the coaches. Oh, my God, I'm on the radio with Angela Charlemagne and DJ Envy. Damn. Yes, you are. All I do is read about the breakfast club. Really? Every morning, That's good. you guys are trending. Every, uh, you know, I drag my ass out of bed. I'm like, uh, what happened on the breakfast club today? Get, get your ass up! Good morning, USA! Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Friday. Good morning, Toronto too. What up, Toronto? Good morning, everybody. We are the Breakfast Club, and it is a Friday. It's definitely now, Friday. Um, Toronto ain't going to take too much of being your two, goddammit. I said right? two, you like, as well. You better I mean, as well. You better, you better include Toronto at the top of the show. Top of the love, top, T-Dot. I love okay. T-Dot. Yo, Six. Uh, matter of hmm? What are you going to say? No, it's, you, know, you remember, what's that That Drake drop that goes six, 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 six? six, six. We need to get that drop, right? Uh, yeah, get duh, that drop, drop. We'll add that in the morning. Six, 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 six. You know, um, you know what I was thinking uh, today, or yesterday when I woke up, this morning, I should say, you know, today is my son's birthday. It's Jackson's birthday. Um, he, he turned six today. And it's really hard having a celebration at this time. You know, there's so much going on. Because there's so much going on with, with people protesting. Protesters still getting beat up. Coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, he can't see his friends, which is, which is crazy because he doesn't go to school where I live. So, you know, having his friends drive and do the parade thing is kind of difficult. So uh, celebrating for him and... and, and Trying to make him have fun is just, it, I don't know, it just, it just feels a little funny, think, you know? No, I think when it come to um, born days, you know, I think when it come to born days at a time like this is when you're supposed to celebrate because, you know, when you look around and you think about all the people we did lose the coronavirus, you mm -hmm. know, when you think about all the people we do lose, you know, to, to, to police violence, you know, this is the time you should celebrate the life of those you loved. You love in a real way. I think yeah. so, anyway. Yeah, and, and, and we like, all should have a new, new. We all should have a new lease and appreciation on life after the past few months that we've had in quarantine. Absolutely, and I feel bad because, like I said, my daughter just turned seven a day ago. He turned six today, and it's like, you know, for us it's different. We say we can't go out, we can't wait to get a haircut, but think about it. You know, they've been home for 13, 14 weeks, no friends, no playdates. They have to study online, and for him, it's even worse because he's in kindergarten, so he's not learning as much as the first, as my first grader or. My high schooler, he's not learning as much. So it's like, it's very difficult for him because he's, you know, mom is teaching him. You know, he, he doesn't have the interaction with his classmates and his friends. He doesn't have that break. You know how sometimes we, you know, parents, parents say, we need that break? He doesn't have that break where he could just say, you know what? I want to hang out with my friends. I don't want to be here. You know, it's, it's just very difficult when you think about it, you know? Well, your kids Man, are lucky that they have each other. You know, That's they right. are. Yeah, and no, they also no, they, are fortunate yeah. that they have an outside backyard they could play yeah. in with the pool and all That's of those right. things. Some people don't even have that. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult for all kids right now. And not just, just not just having that, just to have his friends, just to be able to teach in school and have, take you, you know, 
take your favorite thing to school day, like all those things that you miss out on, soccer and basketball and baseball and coloring, you know, it, it's cool to color with that's dad, that. but when, you know, with your, with your friends, it's, it's just a lot different, you know? It's the social interaction. That's, that's mm -hmm. the worst part of the whole quarantine. The worst part of the whole quarantine has been, you know, the children and the things that they're missing out on. Same thing with my 11-year-old with cheerleading and not being able to go to her cheerleading competition yeah. and all of that stuff. But the most important thing is that today is your son's born day and you should celebrate the life of the person you love. And, Absolutely. and that goes for everybody out there. If it's your born day or somebody that you know knows born day, you know, think about all the people that we've lost over the past few months and just have a new lease and appreciation for life yeah. and celebrate it. Don't, yeah, you're don't absolutely feel right. guilty about that at all. Don't feel guilty about celebrating your life. Absolutely. Yeah, feel great about the fortunes that you have, too. Look, there's some people here. If you live, Imagine you live in an apartment building. You don't even have an outside area where you can just go in the backyard or go in the front yard or anything like that. There's people here who live in buildings and then they have to come outside and they're nervous to go outside. I was talking to a kid the other day when I was walking around. He was probably like seven and his mom has a newborn four months old and they were walking a couple of blocks to the store and they were like, we haven't been outside at all because she has a baby. She didn't really want to go outside. And so this was kind of like one of their first times even going outside. So, let me tell you, let me tell you how crazy it is. It, it, it has nothing to do with the, the money. It's just that they can't go outside the social so yesterday, you know, of course, my son can't have no friends. So he's into cars. He loves cars. He loves cars more than his dad. Hot Wheels, he's into. So <laughs> what I did was I called all my friends and kind of did a rally, you know, in the block, in my on my block, in my cul-de-sac, where they could spin around and he can see the cars and he was excited. So when, the, when you know, I brought him down to the end, he thought we was taking the trash out. He, seems, he sees these cars and sees the people. His first reaction was to run. But run because he's like, it's coronavirus. I can't be next to nobody. I'm out. But it was... You're right. <laughs> but I was, like, right. no, I was like, no, nah. I was like, no, I said, no, nah, you good. They're not gonna come close to you, but you could look at the car. So he had a, he had a great time yesterday. I had to do it yesterday because it's raining today. But, oh man, well, anyway, got a big show today. We have Yvonne Orgy joining us. Yvonne Orgy, she right? plays Molly. Yeah, she plays Molly on Insecure, and she's got a new special on HBO called Mama I Made It. Very entertaining special. And we got the OG. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, I, sh I think I'm right on this. The first uh, African American. Billionaire? First black I, I billionaire. So. Yeah, this is yeah, like back yeah. in 2000. Found, mm -hmm. Yeah, founder of BET, uh, OG Bob Johnson. He inspires me. He, he inspires me a lot because he was able to, to do it and and with a vision and, and continue to do it. He used, I think he might have been the one, the, the, the first black majority NBA owners as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I forgot he used to own the Hornets. Listen, yeah, he here's the thing. Um, he uh, introduced a plan because he uh, believes that America needs to atone for its original sin, which is slavery, as do I. And he's asking for uh, $14 trillion in reparations. So he'll be here to talk about that. Uh, don't expect to get a word in edgewise with OG Bob Johnson. He, he talks. That's fine. We shall listen. <laughs> okay. And that is fine. Sometimes right. you just got to shut up and just listen because they know what they talk right. about. All Absolutely. right. Well, well, we got front page news coming up. What are we talking about? Yes, we're going to give you some updates on what's been happening overnight. Also, we'll talk about Ahmaud Arbery and some new things that they are saying about his killing. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with Ahmaud Arbery. A judge has ruled that the cases against all three defendants charged with murder and the death of Arbery can advance to the trial court. They are also giving Beautiful. new information. They said that Arbery was reportedly, repeatedly boxed in 
by two pickup trucks as he desperately tried to escape. They also said the gunman also called him a, I don't even want to say this, a effing N-word as he lay dying and, and he was standing over him while that happened. So that should be a premeditated hate crime they are charged with. And this is a very important reason why uh, people cannot skip jury duty, especially black people, okay? Because they're going to trial. And being that they're going to trial, it's going to be people there that are in the jury. We should mm -hmm. be a part of that jury. Yes, so... And also, I never, uh, I, never, I never understand when they say a jury of your peers. Come on. Because it Supposed shouldn't to be, be a your jury peers. Of peers. Well, well you, you shouldn't have peers. You know what I mean? But I, I th unless I'm uh, thinking of the word wrong, I thought peers mean people that you, you know, see eye to eye with, I guess. Right. Yeah, I guess so. All right, they said the McMichaels never called 911 before they pursued him. They also said that uh, in his final moments, he was running for his life. The McMichaels and Brian used their trucks to chase down and box him in. And they repeatedly reversed, he repeatedly reversed directions and he ran into a ditch until he couldn't run anymore. And so, mm. yeah, it is really hard to discuss and talk about. Imagine that's your child and that's the last thing that happened to them. I couldn't mm. even imagine something like that. All right, and um, in the next hour, we'll talk about George Floyd and his funeral and memorial services that took place yesterday. All right. Oh, and, and no hate crime law in Georgia. Mm. Damn, really? No, no, yeah. mm -hmm. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night, bad morning, or maybe you want to spread some positivity. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Here. What's going on, Envy? What's up, Trav? Good morning. Hey, what's up, Yee? How you, babe? Hey, Trav. Hey, boo. <laughs> what's going on, Charlemagne? What up, sis? How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, man, I want to talk about something real quick, because I don't know if people notice because you know uh, everybody's like you know uh, so involved into like the protests and everything that's going on uh do y'all know hillary clinton has been in court why do y'all like, keep she, saying like, that i keep hearing that oh no 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 hillary clinton has been in court uh she was in court on what's today friday she's been she's in court on monday and tuesday testifying against her emails <laughs> that they found with jeffrey epstein and child torture and child pedophilia and stuff that she's been answering for. And, like, people have been, like, you know, involved with the, as, as we should be involved with the protest. But behind the protest, Hillary Clinton has been in court answering to, like, this, just to this Jeffrey Epstein stuff and, like, Naomi Campbell's name is all into it and all this other stuff. Y'all should, like, really look into it. I don't, I, I, I don't think she gave an in-person uh, deposition. I know that they say they were contemplating asking her to come um Testify, but I don't think she's been on the stand. That would be that would be news everywhere, bro. No, 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 she just no. She no. Look, she was supposed to go to this virtual test um testimony thing where she's supposed to show up for this virtual testimony thing. She made a story up of why she couldn't make it to the virtual testimony thing, and now like the courts is all this stuff is like on her about not showing up to the virtual testimony thing, and like nobody's talking about it. Interesting. But yes, but look into it. But all right, y'all. Have a good try, brother. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's Tanita. Hey, mama, get it off your chest. 
I just wanted to say um, it's a beautiful day. I woke up this morning. A lot of people didn't. It's just, I'm blessed. I have a 10-month-old and a man that loves me. So just trying to keep positive energy this morning. All right. I well, love there you that. Go. That's, that's, the energy, that's the energy to be on. Well, you have a great weekend, all right? You too. Thank you. Hello, who's this? Hello, good morning. Good morning. This is Whitney. How are you guys? Good morning, Whitney. Get it off your chest. Well, at first I want to say thank you because I was the nurse who called a couple of days ago who was so upset about what happened with the protesters and the nurses that got snatched up. And since that day, a couple of nurses heard me on the radio and they were like, was that you? So I've been giving a lot of feedback of nurses wanting to get out and help the protesters and help people who are getting beat up by these animals they call the police. I just want to thank you guys, even you, Charlemagne, because I know you be coming for people from Florida. I'm from Florida, so thank you. Well, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations for, for being from Florida and sounding somewhat sane. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I did leave Florida to come to New York, so that says a lot. But <laughs> All right. Congrats on escaping Florida. Oh, stop it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I mean, I'm up here in the Bronx, so, you know. No! No! You shouldn't have said that one. No! The craziest craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. You're not supposed to do that. Man, I can relate to the people, but they're not kind of crazy. True. I get it. Well, thank you, Mama. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm dialing. I'm dialing. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm dialing. I'm call, calling you. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Richard Friday. Hey, what's up, bro? Get it off your chest. I just don't understand about this coronavirus, man. People get too comfortable with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm. you know, they sending us back out there, and it's not over with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know about like, I don't know what's going on either, bro. And it's like I just don't understand, man, because um, people trying they ain't trying to be safe, but it's like they get too comfortable with it. Yeah, they said in New York City there was no new coronavirus deaths for the first time since the middle of March, which is crazy. I mean, that's great. Very weird. Yeah, I just don't know, man, what to say about it. It's just on my chest, and I I feel like they just setting us back up. You know, I don't know. I'm going right, to tell bro. you what's crazy, though. If, if you, um, you know, you remember Sylvia Brown? Sylvia Brown, she wrote that uh, uh-huh. that book where she predicted coronavirus in 2020. Mm-hmm. And she said yeah. she said that um, in around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes and resisting all known tre- treatments. Almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish <laughs> as quickly as it arrived. Attack again 10 years later and then disappear completely. She wrote that in a book back in 2008. Damn. That's scary. Yeah, that's All right. scary, man. It is, you know, yep. I appreciate it. I just want to get it out of my chest. All right, brother. Yep. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm probably got to get on. What's up, brother? Get hey. it off your chest. Uh, nothing, man. Yo, I just wanted to give a shout-out to my beautiful fiance, Bridget. And, um, you know, this whole coronavirus thing, man, it's going crazy. But, you know, since the protesting, I haven't heard nothing about coronavirus. Like, what the hell is going on? We are just it's talking unreal. about that. Yeah, it's oh, really it's unreal. It's, well, no, somebody called in talking about it. Oh, okay, yeah, because I was going to say, like, you know, I'm trying to go to Disney World and all that, man. You know what I mean? Like, 
I just had a newborn. I, I, I get it. I get it. Well, first of all, if you could take a newborn to Disney World, you, it's a waste of money. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. They ain't going to remember. If you want, well, if, if, if works there, so I, I get a. Oh, okay. Of, if, any, Word? if any of y'all want to get in there, maybe like in hey. two, years from now. You know what I mean? Just come on. Well, you said two or three years from now. What are you, what are you talking? Your yeah, mom works there? Yeah, yeah. She works at uh, uh, Magic Kingdom, so, you know. She can slide us in the back door. Yeah, man, like, yo, if y'all want to take my number, nah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've take, never take been his, to Disney World, still. Oh. Yeah, take oh, his number, NBC, so you can slide in the back door. Yo, shut up. That's all you heard, right? That's all you heard. See, why you always trying to, 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 to do things like that? I said us, like we all slide in the back. You know what? Yeah, yeah, well, you guys, come on. But, uh, I'm, no, a mar- I'm, 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 I'm married. The, uh... <laughs> Take no, your wife um, with you. You know, I have I, my my baby's uh, two two months right now, right? And he's 13 pounds. And you know, we've been feeding him four ounces of the formula. But mm-hmm. you, you guys think we should up it up by you know five ounces or should? You know, um, I think you should ask the pediatrician. Like every so often. <laughs> I think you should talk to the pediatrician. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely ask the pediatrician. I think you should talk to the pediatrician, bro. <laughs> I don't, Even I don't though remember. I got five I don't, of them. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a couple yeah, of years. I don't remember those numbers. I don't remember those numbers yeah, off the top of my head. I have another one in like two months, so... You know, <laughs> how many kids you got? So. I know, I know. I, I just don't remember. You, you got to talk to the pediatrician. I, I just know that when, when the baby wouldn't sleep, I just put a little cereal in there. And it just kind of calmed uh, down a little bit, but I don't remember what month that was. Oh, okay, all right. Well, you I do appreciate the, you know, y'all picking up, man. Y'all have a good one. All right, peace, King. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now we got rumors on the way, ye. Yes, Drew Brees has made another apology for his remarks about kneeling, and we'll tell you what he said. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, yesterday we read you Drew Brees' apology on Instagram for the remarks that he said about how he doesn't like the kneeling during the NFL pro during the NFL games and how it's disrespectful to the flag. Well, now he is apologizing yet again. Now he posted on his social media page, step by step, you will see my heart for exactly what it is and the way everyone around me sees it. I'm sorry it has taken this long to act and to participate in a meaningful way, but I am your ally in this fight. Here's what he stated. I know there's not much that I can say that would make things any better right now. But I just want you to see in my eyes how sorry I am for the comments that I made yesterday. I know that it hurt many people. That was never my intention. I wish I would have laid out what was on my heart in regards to the George Floyd murder, Ahmaud Arbery, the years and years of social injustice, police brutality, and the need for so much reform and change to bring equality to our black communities. I am sorry, and I will do better, and I will be part of the solution. And I am your ally. I am your ally is the new I have black friends. That's what it and sounds like, right? Drew, yeah, that's what it sounds like. I am your ally is the new I have black friends. And I don't think Drew Brees is racist. I just think that he's, you know, uh, culturally clueless. That's all. He really yeah, but doesn't then, understand that there's two different Americas out here. Then why did he kneel? Why did he kneel in the first place with his teammates? Probably just he's showing solidarity because those are his teammates. <laughs> that's all. But if he didn't feel that way, team. don't do it. Just, just don't do it to pander me. If you don't, if you don't feel that way, don't do it. Stand on, stand on what you He took a knee for the team. He mm. took one for the team. He took a knee for the team. That's all. 
All right, some of the biggest names in the NFL from Patrick Mahomes, Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, they did drop a message now demanding that the league admit that they wrongly silenced protesters like Colin Kaepernick. And here's what this video sounds like. It's been 10 days since George Floyd was brutally murdered. How many times do we need to ask you to listen to your players? What will it take for one of us to be murdered by police brutality? What if I was George Floyd? We will not be silenced. We assert our right to peacefully protest. It shouldn't take this long to admit. So, on behalf of the National Football League, this is what we, the players, would like to hear you state. We, the National National Football Football League, League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit wrong in silencing our players from peacefully protesting. We, the National Football League, believe black lives matter. I wonder would the league ever admit that? No, I don't think so. They because if they admit the that, that, then they got to admit the Colin Kaepernick thing, and then they got to probably pay more money than they made. Because there's a lot of players that pretty much have been silenced and haven't been able to play because they were kneeling, right? Cromartie. What happens yeah. in the future so if they decide to, to? What can what what will the NFL do in the future now? Oh, oh, they definitely kneeling this year. Yeah, you ain't got to worry about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Play, play, players are definitely taking a knee this year. But you know, I guess. Even if the NFL doesn't admit they're on the wrong side of history, uh, we got eyes. We all could see that you're on the wrong side of history. National Football League. Well, uh, you know, some of Drew Brees' teammates have forgiven him. You know, they were actually chanting F Drew Brees in New Orleans, and some people actually set his jersey on fire in the streets also. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael Thomas said, one of my brothers made a public statement yesterday that I disagreed with. He apologized, and I accept it because that's what we are taught to do as Christians. Now back to the movement, hashtag George Floyd. Alvin Kamara said, this is the reality we live in. This isn't about pinning black against white, but more so about the narrative that is created when a black person speaks and when a white person speaks. Pay attention. This is why we protest. This is why we take a need to be heard. Nothing more. I wonder if Drew Brees is wishing he retired last year. He's 40-something years old. I wonder if he's wishing, man, I wish I I should have just tapped out last year. Yeah. Well, Malcolm Jenkins told him to shut the F up. So that was his response. I like that. Drop on the clues bombs for Malcolm Jenkins. Very sound advice. All right, now Amanda Seals is speaking out about, uh, uh, you know, leaving the real. Now, first thing she did was shut down the rumors that she's beefing with Lonnie Love. I saw some reports that they unfollowed each other, so on and so forth. So here's what she had to say just to dispute that. Do not try to create some false dissension between me and the co-hosts of the real. Y'all so corny. There is a whole pandemic and an uprising going on, and you still can't find else to do. I did not unfollow unfollow Lonnie Love. I haven't unfollowed anybody. Shout out to Jeannie. Shout out to Tams. Shout out to Lonnie Lance. And shout out to Adrian. What y'all don't understand is grown men, grown women do grown women business. That's what y'all don't understand. And what I do with my business ain't got nothing to do with them sisters. Uh, I don't think she ever followed Lonnie Love. You don't have friends that you never followed? Or people you know that you never followed? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, Amanda Sales also expanded more on why she left the real on the exchange rate. It was really honestly shocking to me to to join the cast of the real and see their the fans of the show be so adamantly, earnestly, and honestly just derogatorily uh, against my speaking about things that are happening in front of my face and in front of theirs too. Well, the reality is that The Real, you know, is a show of diverse women that's all run by white women. I wonder why it's so hard for people to believe that she would just walk away from that situation. Like, I understand it's daytime TV, and I understand it's a check, but if she wasn't happy, 
Yeah. Walk away. That, she that might have other things on the horizon. Like, yeah, like you're absolutely okay. right. She's financially secure. And, you know, we're at a point yes. where if you don't want to do it no more, you ain't got to do it. She don't, don't want to do work it. with somebody. She ain't got to work with that person no more. It is what it is. You can just say, you know what, I, 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 I'm I, leaving. <laughs> Simple as that. Right, and I'm, the beauty is... Listen, the, go for it. I'm not mad at it at all. And she has the freedom to walk away. You know what I'm saying? And, and what she said is key. It's too much mayonnaise at the top. They put the diverse faces in front, and then it's no black leadership at the top. So... I'm not mad at her because our lives are not based on that show. Right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. And as far as following somebody, I remember uh, (laughs) Ludacris told me this one time. Ludacris was like, yo, Envy, you know, I I, I will never follow you on Instagram. I was like, why? He said, this is when I used to do a lot of parties. He said, because you post too many flyers, and I don't want my timeline. Every time I look, I see you posting a flyer. Absolutely. He's like, I just don't follow you. I don't follow people because they're my friend. I follow them because I find them interesting. Right. If you if what you're doing isn't interesting, I'm not following you. Like simple as that. Even right. even if you're my friend, some people are great friends, but horrible Instagrams to follow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, when we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about? Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about George Floyd and the memorial services that took place for him yesterday. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's talk about George Floyd. There were memorial services for him yesterday. The funeral will actually be held in Houston next week, and the other service will be held in Rayford, North Carolina. Now, yesterday in Minneapolis, there was a memorial service, and that was held at North Central University in downtown Minneapolis. It was not open was not open to the public, but it was streamed on CBSN Minnesota. And here is Al Sharpton. George Floyd's story has been the story of black folks. Because ever since 401 years ago, the reason we could never be who we wanted and dreamed to be in is you kept your knee on our neck. What happened to Floyd happens every day in this country in education, in health services, and in every area of American life. It's time for us to stand up in George's name and say, get your knee off our necks. Preach, Rev. Mm-hmm. Don't sound the same telling a Rev to preach. That's his job. That's what he's supposed to do. But preach, Rev. Dropping the clues bombs for Rev now, God damn it. I shouldn't say right, George Floyd's. No, nah, definitely no, no, you should not. Not at all. Not at all. Mm. George Floyd's brother, Philanese Floyd, also spoke, and here's what he had to say. He was like a general. Every day he walks outside, it'd be a line of people, like just like when we came in, wanting to greet him and wanted to have fun with him. Guys that was doing drugs, like smokers and homeless people, you couldn't tell because when you spoke to George, they felt like they was the president because that's how he made you feel. He was powerful, man. He had a way with words. He could always make you ready to jump and go all the time. Everybody loved George. Mm. That's exactly why I was telling you earlier, Envy, celebrate your son's born day today, man. Don't feel bad because it's a funeral happening every day, and those people wish they were here to celebrate. So rest in peace, George Floyd. Absolutely. Now, attorney Ben Crump, who was the attorney for the Floyd family, also spoke and said this. George Floyd deserved better than that. We all deserve better than that. His family deserved better than that. His children deserve better than that. So when we fight 
for the George Floyds of the world. But more importantly, when we fight for the unknown, what we are really doing is helping America live up to its creed. Brothers and sisters, what we are doing is helping America be America for all Americans. That's real. Mm-hmm. That creed in, in addition, America does not apply to us. In addition, they also stood in silence for eight minutes and 46 seconds as well. That's the amount of time, of course, that Derek Chauvin's knee was on uh, George Floyd on his neck. Mm-hmm. Now, other people in attendance included Reverend Jesse Jackson, Ludacris, T.I., Master P., Will Packer, Tiffany Haddish, Kevin Hart, Tyrese, uh, amongst others. Why was Tyrese dressed like a goddamn Black Panther? Like, it was, it's a funeral, Tyrese. It wasn't a protest. Maybe that was just the way it he wasn't felt. A play- man, Tyrese. And you, don't, and you don't know <laughs> what he was going after, man. Well, yeah, I know he was going after. He was going on the set of goddamn Black Panther Part 2. That's what he was going to. Like, it's like, you didn't have to show up so militant, Tyrese. Like, what was the point of that? Maybe that's just the way he felt, bro. Let me text Tyrese and ask Tyrese. I meant to ask him that yesterday. And it was hot as hell in uh, Minneapolis yesterday. And he had on a big-ass coat. Shades, uh, 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 what's that thing called? Not a candle. It's a hat, but I, it's, a, it's, it's kind of like a kango. It's like a. It's not a fedora. Well, it's shout out to the, every, right everybody now. who was, who was there paying their respects. Absolutely. I'm Angela Yee, oh, yeah. and that is your front page news. All right. Congratulations, Tyrese. Looking like security at the funeral. Making Stop sure it, no man. white supremacists. That's the way he felt. Try to disrupt anything. He woke up that he woke up and he felt that way. That's all. Yes. All right. That's very true. Now, when we come back, Bob Johnson will be joining us, founder of uh, BET. I believe he was the uh, first black owner of a uh, uh, first majority black owner of an uh, NBA team. He uh, then sold that Definitely team to Michael was. Jordan. Yeah, so yep. we're going to kick it with Bob Johnson when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building, uh, founder of BET and first black billionaire, Bob Johnson. Welcome. Yeah. Hey, thanks, man. I'm delighted to be here. Welcome to all y'all, too. I hope everybody's safe. Now, you, you just made some noise because you released a statement calling for the federal government to pay $14 trillion in reparations to the descendants of slaves. I, I know why that's necessary, but tell the people why that's necessary. Well, it's necessary for two reasons. Uh, the first and foremost is when you are damaged by a society for which you have no control of, over and which uh, has denied you the fundamental human rights, economic rights, social rights, that they propose to deliver to everybody, you ask yourself the question, why have I not received those rights over the 200 plus years of this nation? So it's an atonement component to it, basically making you whole for what they promised you but was never delivered. The second part of it is that African-Americans transferred a huge amount of wealth to white Americans, which Charlemagne explains why white Americans have 10 times the net worth in terms of median income of black Americans. It's because they were, we were denied the wealth that we were promised 
we work for free as slaves. They use our free labor to make investments and grow business. We fought in the war seeking opportunity equal to what they had. We come back home from the wars of World War II in Vietnam. We're denied housing, which is the primary factor of economic wealth for all middle-income families. Education, we had to go to the court in Brown versus Board of Education to get education equal. They declared separate and unequal is inherently unequal. And we're denied access to income, wealth. And as a result of that, there's a huge wealth gap that unless it is solved by reparations, which is consistent with what the world has done earlier, um, Jews were given reparations by the descendants of people who, run, who ran Nazi Germany. They recognized the need for atonement and apology. And fi finally, if white Americans could embrace apology the way black Americans embrace forgiveness, this country Oof. would be far better off. But you, all of you here listening, remember Charlottesville. White man goes into a church, murders eight or nine Af African-American church members. The first thing the church members do when they go in for the sentencing hearing as victims or friends of the victims, they tell the murderer, we forgive you. Mm. Also, you all remember the thing when the white police officer walked in the wrong house, killed a black man thinking he's in her house. Mm -hmm. The first thing his brother does is ask the judge if he could go over and hug the killer of his brother. So we are forgiving people. White America should match us in forgiveness and match us in reimbursement for damages that they caused to us for which we had no part in for over 200 years. We have the money to do it because already we're doing it. White Americans, if you go to a group of white Americans today and say, should we help you with food stamps? Check your box. Of course, we'll help you. Will we help you with Section 8 low-income housing? Yes, we'll do that. Will we check you with welfare programs? Of course, we'll do that. But when you ask them to give you cash, to make you equal in a capitalist society, which is the defining factor of wealth and equality in a capitalist society, is access to wealth. They will say there's something wrong with giving you money because that was 200 years ago. Uh, Vice President Biden said, and I quote, I'll be damned if I will give anyone any money for something I didn't cause. So it's time for African-Americans to understand you are owed that as much as the Jews were owed that. And so when white Americans or even some black Americans say you're overreaching, how do we overreach when we are entitled to damages to make us whole? Don't give us programs. Don't give us welfare. Don't give us food stamps. Give us the money. We will invest it, manage it, and grow our people and our communities ourselves. How do you think the money should come? Do you think it should be each individual family? Do you think it should be somebody who invests the money for us? If you had a choice, how would that money come to the people? I fundamentally believe that every African-American who's a descendant of slaves, regardless of their income, regardless of uh, their position, 
is entitled to reparations collected from taxpayers. And we've done that. We take taxpayer money to pay food stamps. We take taxpayers' money to welfare. We take taxpayers' money to do to give low-income housing. And the way we arrived at the $14 trillion, simply this. This is how much net worth and wealth white Americans have. This is what black Americans have. Bring us up to your level in wealth, and that will cost you, depending on whether you do it over 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years, a certain amount of dollar amount. Let me ask you a question, OG Bob. Um, do, you, do, you, do you think money could change a system, though? Because we're trying to dismantle this system of white supremacy, and I want reparations for slavery as well, but would it be better served going towards, like, education, health care, housing, or loans and grants for small businesses, or should everyone just get a lump sum of money? Hey, God, let me ask you a question. If you had all the money that, that you want, would you be concerned about educating your kids? If you have all no, not the school. money that you want, no, because you would know you have the confidence of access to wealth, control of wealth. That's the difference. This is a capitalistic society. You got to start there. What is the fundamental measure of wealth and power? It's access to capital. So mm. if these riots or protests or violence you see, they don't happen to people who have wealth. Think about this. Do you know Eric Gardner, Michael Brown, and George Floyd died over a dispute of approximately $40? Take those black men, put them in another situation. Great jobs, great economic opportunities, savings in the stock market. Why steal cigarillos when you got in your pocket $200? Why sell Lucy's when you got in your pocket $500? Why allegedly deliver a counterfeit check or a, dollar or a $20 bill when you got $400 in your pocket? That's what wealth does. It gives you confidence. But it doesn't make a racist not racist, though. Now, that's a, that's a whole other problem. But that doesn't mean you don't get the money. You're going to mm -hmm. deal with that problem. Malcolm X said it very clearly. He said, what do you call a black man with a million dollars? A mm -hmm. Martin Luther King said it even differently. It said... You can't legislate morality, but you can regulate behavior. So mm -hmm. my point is you got to start someplace. And I start with what white America values more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And that's access and control of wealth. All right, we got more with Bob Johnson. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Bob Johnson. So is it is it best to, as a, as a community, and say, you know what, since money is the power, we say, you know what, we're going to hold our money and not spend it with these corporations. If, if the black community spends billions of dollars a year on goods that's not going back in our community, you say, you know what, we're going to stop. Will that hurt them in the pocket? Will that make them, you know, open an eye? The way you look at uh, economic wealth is you have to control it. And you're absolutely right. But the answer to that question is this. And it, I, I often quote this song, my favorite song about how we deal with the situation we're in. It's a Bob Marley tune called Redemption Song. Mm -hmm. The line that I always quote in Redemption Song is this. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. Only ourselves can change our mind. 
Black Americans have to emancipate themselves from mental slavery that we cannot do for ourselves. And once we start doing that, the answer is right. <clears throat> because if reparations were issued today, and over 30 years you gave black people uh, $14 trillion, most of that money, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, would go right back into the white consumer community. They, they spend it all there. To build their own society, it's a mental thing. We've got, I mean, we've got to do things. For example, we have no causes today. There's only, there's only two causes, one cause that I can really say, and that is Black Lives Matter. So here, here's my thing. We have to begin to change our mental attitude towards who we are. For example, and, and God, you know this, we 90% vote in the Democratic Party, but they say it's the lesser of two evils. Mm -hmm. Now, when you get in a position where you are taking the lesser of two evils, by sheer definition, you are taking the lesser. Mm. Why do we have to take the lesser? Why don't we take the better? And to me, the better could be come up with a cause that says Black Lives Matter is our cause, reparations is our cause, and going back to a, what the Congressional Black Caucus was founded with about, oh, 16 or 20 members in 1972. This is what their philosophy was. Black Americans should have no permanent friends, no permanent enemies, no permanent enemies. just permanent interests. Interests. We should form our own, what I call, PIP, Permanent Interest Party. Say to the Democrats, you want our vote? Here's what we want. We want reparations. We want fundamental implementation of all the policies of Black Lives Matter. What, what are they going to say? Well, we're not going to do it. If Biden said that down in South Carolina, he wouldn't be nowhere near being the president. That's, that's what right. we have to do. We have to take control of our destiny. And that's why VP Biden had enough nerve, if you call it, to say and on your show, you ain't black unless you vote for me. How could you ever conceive of somebody saying to somebody white, you ain't white unless you vote for me? That would never enter their brain. But they'll do it with us because we have become chattel to them. What do you think would happen if PIP approached Donald Trump with these same demands? To get power, and control power, the first thing you got to do is show power. We become the power brokers in America. We're 40 million strong, growing faster, we and the Hispanics, growing faster than the white population. 10, 15 years from now, the majority of Americans, based on demographic growth, will be minority. So if we don't take the mantle and become the dominant influential minority in a power broker, power balance sense, I can assure you the Hispanic vote will be. They will vote as a block. They don't vote as a block the way we do. So I would say that to uh, President Trump, President Trump, you want to contest for our votes? Here's our demand. Stand up to them and we can talk. President Obama said young people should challenge the political authority. 
And the political mm-hmm. authority, to me, has challenged the black leadership that is somewhat old, somewhat moribund, and their ability to confront the Democratic Party. I can tell you this. I worked on Capitol Hill as a press secretary, and I know this. There's some 63, 60-plus members of the Black Caucus. The Black Caucus, if they wanted to, could control Nancy Pelosi. All they got to say is, you will never pass a bill as a Democratic Party without our approval. We have come at a time, a period in history, where we have more power than we ever had because this country is a two-party system. They can't win without us. But if we keep giving all of our votes to one party, we are diluting our political power. That's a simple fact, and they know it. And I tell you, when I was running BET, and I'd ask the Democratic Party to put some money behind BET to uh, turn out the black vote, here's what I'd get from the campaign advisors. They'd say, Bob, look, we got your vote. We don't have to worry about your vote. We need to be in these districts where the white vote can move one way or the other. In other words, take us for granted. Mm-hmm. You ain't black unless you vote for me. Take us for granted. No, we ain't going to give you any cash money, but we'll give you a program. I don't understand why we let that happen when we just, in the past two elections, well, leading up to this one, we put a black man in the White House, power. We now put a white man in the nomination to be in power. And for some reason, you don't recognize the power equation that you have, and you just sit there and say, if they want to go this way, that's where we're going to go. You skipped 2016. In 2016, 4.4 million voters who voted in 2012 stayed home in 2016, and a third of them were black. And in the midterms, black women, uh, I, I think, accounted for like more than 55% of, of the votes in some places. Yes, you're, you're right. The only reason... The only reason Hillary got a more women vote was because of black women. All right, we got more with Bob Johnson when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Gee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Bob Johnson, you know, founder of BET, the first black billionaire. Now, when you hear the term Black Lives Matter, what does that movement mean to you? Black Lives Matter, for me, is far beyond just keeping us from being killed by the police. It's that we have standing in society and give us our due. The people who made the money off of slavery became the future bankers, the future railroad owners, the future TV media owners, because they got that wealth of land and property transferred to them over time. We didn't have that. So... That's why some of these universities are saying they got to make reparations to black students at universities because their founders financed the slave ships. All of that was what America created. The revered Thomas Jefferson never sold his slaves. Native American Indians were wiped out under manifest destiny because we owned that land. That is America's legacy. And so what to me is atonement 
America, what is your fear of looking black people in the eye and say, my brother, we want to give you over 30 years, $11,000 a year to atone, have apologize. You know what black people would do? They would call a hallelujah course to say, we forgive white America. The great President Mandela, when he was out of prison at Robben Island, one of the first people he invited to be at his inauguration was the jailer who controlled him on Robben Island. That is the forgiveness of people of color. But you ask white Americans, you ask Mitch McConnell, oh, I don't know how to do this. I can't figure out this. I didn't do anything. Yes, yeah, Joe Biden, I'll be damned if I'm going to give anything. Yes. Yeah, some of these black folks, are, oh, I'm scared to talk about reparations because the white folks get upset and they'll vote against us and then we lose the election. I'm saying, young black folks, old black folks, you will always be economically unequal in this society unless you attain wealth compatible, equal to the majority of white Americans. Okay, final thing I'm going to say is this. I, I, when I used to talk about this, the Pew Research Firm, which is a big firm that, that does a lot of research on social, economic, and, and political issues, they stated this, and this is something I think every black person, every white person should, should, should understand. Mm-hmm. The children of black Americans whose families were solidly, solidly middle class in the 60s and 70s, will never attain the wealth of their parents. Now, think about that. If you will never attain the wealth of your parents, and your parents are already 10 times behind white American families and parents, tell me where you will be in 20 years. Mm. And all we get from everybody, from business leaders and politicians is we got to bring unity in this country. We got to focus on this. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to the people in Minneapolis say, we're going to have a civil rights investigation of the police force in Minneapolis over the past 10 years. Now I ask all of you guys sitting here, who over the past 10 years have been running the police force in Minneapolis? The same white people who now want to investigate. White people. Mm-hmm. The police. Mm-hmm. The police in many cases are tools for scapegoating of the white leadership class that control the police. They say to you, it's your problem. Well, you hired me. You set the training policy. You determine how much I got paid. You gave me my assignment. And now you're saying, I did something wrong? Well, no, that's the police fault, though. The, yeah. poli- the police go overboard with the chokehold and the brutality, so they bring a lot of that on themselves. Like I don't like a lot of the policemen go into a situation scared, pull out guns when they don't have to, use force Overly when they don't have to. Uh, I understand that, but 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 police are hired, trained, paid for by a capitalistic system to say your job is to protect property rights of the society. That is mm-hmm. what they do. So yeah, you can you can blame the police. Everybody's responsible for themselves. But I'm talking mm-hmm. about in a systemic way. Overall, you tell me that's that's like saying you know we got people who are bad in and of themselves. We got once they put that uniform on, something changes in there, and that's what. That uniform is somebody saying you put this uniform on. 
here are your requirements to wear that uniform. And I feel, imagine, I feel sorry for some of them because they don't know what to do. All they know is this. Our job is when I'm walking down the street and I see somebody who looks like they're black or are black in a neighborhood, my immediate instinct is they shouldn't be here. I mean, I, I can tell you personally, and every black person you talk to can tell you personally situations where a black man is someplace where either white people say they're in that position because they're black or they're in this position and they're black and they shouldn't be there. I can say it right now. I have been at some of the best restaurants in LA, best restaurants in DC, and I'm out there waiting on my car, beautiful Jaguar, Ferrari, whatever I had at the time. Okay. White I know where this is going. White couple get out of their car. I'm sitting there waiting on my car. They come up to me and they hand me their key. They think you're the valet. They think you're the valet. Absolutely. You got it. We got to change the mindset. We got to change the mindset all across the board. Because even with what you just said, even if you got the wealth, people still view you a certain way because of your skin color. Absolutely. Ma Ma Malcolm X said it better than I could. You know, what do you call a black man with a million dollars? That's <laughs> I mean, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to tell you one more anecdote. I'm going to let you know. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, my daughter is an equestrian. She rides horses, and so it's very expensive to be an equestrian. So I had a, you know, a farm in Virginia, and one day I decided I would go down and ride horses. That was a 200-plus acre farm you know, with, with horses. I walk in, and there's this white guy who is there to do something to the uh, plumbing system. The white guy who's the plumber looks at me and walks in and says, hey, now I own the farm. He looks at me and says, hey, if you hear the mop, you better hurry up because I'm getting ready to shut off the water to fix the plumbing. Damn. So what I did, I said, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to mop mm -hmm. today. I think I'm going to go get on the horse. So all of a sudden, he looked at me and said, oh, my God, this nigga's going to ride the boss's horses. So I'm looking at this. And the horses looked at him and said, oh, you're talking to the boss. So the point I'm trying to make is this. Guys, look, mm -hmm. you are not going to change racism at all. But that does not have anything to do with you not getting paid for past Word damages to your people. That's the thing I made. And the only way we, we, we can build our own system. We can build our own system with the money. Once you got the money, it's up, it's up to you. Now, if we end up giving it all back to them, that's, that's on us. But give us what we are due. That's Absolutely. the only thing I can say. Well, thank you so much for America, calling, man. Uh, we appreciate yes. you, brother. Uh, Yes, America has to atone for its sins of the past, especially slavery. And Bob, um, don't forget to leave that um, house house in Anguilla for me in your will, okay? <laughs> that house you got in Anguilla, leave that for me. Why are you killing him off already? Yeah, wait, why are you letting him go like that? Yeah. He got kids. I didn't say, I didn't, I didn't kill him off. No, God, God. When you get reparations, you go buy your own house. There you go. That's hey, it. There you go. Keep fighting, Charlamagne. Yeah, that's right. Goodness gracious, Charlamagne. All right, thank, thank you, Thank you so much, Bob. I'm hoping to see you Sunday, though. Yeah, Sunday. We're going to do the virtual town hall on Sunday with um, uh, OG Bob Johnson and a few other uh, great black voices. So, yeah, we're going to do it that Sunday. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you thank for you checking like in. Peace, All right, it's the All Breakfast right. Club. Good morning. It. 
it's about time. What's going on? Yo, yo. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, so far, Kanye West has donated $2 million, and that is to set up a fund for George Floyd's daughter. So what he's doing um, is setting up a college savings fund for her to fully cover her tuition, and he also has made a separate donation to cover the legal costs for the Arbery and Taylor families. And then he's also donating to several Black-owned businesses in his hometown of Chicago. So he did join protesters in Chicago yesterday with the Chicago Public School students to protest the killings of George Floyd, as well as to demand that Chicago Public Schools cancel their contract with the Chicago Police Department. That was dope, I'm going to close bonds for Kanye West. And I've seen a lot of people Doing upset. A lot of people upset with him. And I'm like, well, how could you be upset that the for man what? donated $2 million? He set up college funds. He's paying for attorneys. Like, he's doing he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. I, I, I you know what's crazy? A, a, a lot of that be jealousy and envy. You know what I mean? And the reason I mm-hmm. say it be jealousy and envy because people look and they're like, damn, he got $2 million to donate. He got money just to, just to set up another person's trust fund. A lot of people really be jealous and envious of other people. And instead of just celebrating what they did and saluting them, they got to hate. Well, I salute them. Well, I think some people also don't like certain things that Kanye has said and his support of Donald Trump also, truthfully. What that got to do with this, though? I'm One just saying that's... nothing to do with the other. We can say that, yes, what he did yesterday was positive, but I'm just trying to explain why some people have been off of Kanye. Yeah, but yeah, the right. fact that he's seen... No need to talk, talk about this one issue. That, that, that has getting nothing killed, to do with what he did for George he Floyd. He stepped up, yeah. All right, now, Jay-Z has also let Ahmaud Arbery's lawyer use his private jet to make his court hearing, S. Lee Merritt. So that's the civil rights attorney. He's been on The Breakfast Club, who is representing Ahmaud Arbery's family. He was supposed to be at a preliminary hearing, but they had to make sure that he would make it on time. So Jay-Z was courteous enough to send his private jet to get him there. And he posted, when you absolutely have to be in court to stand with your client and righteous protesters for justice, Jay-Z sends his private jet. That's part of the PPE plan to get us out of this crisis. People, power, political power, economic power. Now that people get mad at Jay-Z because of his relationship with the NFL, uh, because Beyonce made a lemonade album about him, did people get mad at Jay-Z? No, I didn't hear that yet. Not yet, but now that you said that, I think people might. Well, yeah, I mean, look, Jay-Z, Rock Nation's been putting in the work. People definitely were mad at Jay-Z about the NFL, but, you know, I think if Jay-Z was like, hey, everybody vote for Trump, you know, and slavery was a choice, people probably would be mad about that. That has nothing to do with the good deed he did for Lee Marriage yesterday. And that's a hell of a hypothetical you just read for you. But, but, but I'm you, saying, so you, th- mad so you think that I'm just, I'm, listen, I'm just saying I understand what people are mad about. I'm not saying they should be I, mad, but I'm explaining it. You know, that's like saying, say, Donald Trump donated money. Would we be like, okay, well, you think people would just embrace that if he did something positive and no, not talk about other things? For that, you give him credit for that one good deed and you keep it moving. I mean, people, I'm with still, you, but people still feel away. I'm just telling you how people feel. People still feel away that, that the fact that you know a cop killed, murdered an um, armed man, and he feels away, even though his his he might be thinking when he's voting, he might be thinking with his paycheck. But the fact that he donated that two million dollars and set that family up and helped those family fight the cause, I appreciate and, that. Same with Floyd, May- Floyd Mayweather. The fact that Floyd Mayweather, guess, he has said some crazy stuff about funeral. how he's you know supporting of Trump, but he paid for the funeral. I, I, Listen, I, I, I think it's a great night. thing, but I can't tell people what to be mad and not mad about. Well, here's, All right, here's now, the Ellen, thing. It's not, a, it's not about the celebrities. It's about the family. The family got blessed. Be happy for the family. 
All right, Ellen DeGeneres is vowing to stop being the dancing lady in order to educate, and that's because she's been criticized for not stepping up fast enough, and here's what she said. I think right now white people have to just sit in our discomfort. We have to admit that there's a lot we don't know about black people's lives and about a black person's experience, and there uh, is horrible injustice towards black people that has been ignored for far too long. I've tried to use my platform to raise awareness on different issues over the years. I like to think that I'm doing my best, but I think it's time that we have to look at ourselves and we have to say we have not done enough. I want to learn how to be a better person, how to do better. I was the dancing lady for a little while, and now I want to help educate my audience. I want to educate myself. So she was criticized for her initial remarks about Black Lives Matter movement and uh, she had tweeted out, for things to change, things must change. And then she later posted a video on Instagram talking about her devastation and anger over recent events. And she didn't immediately comment, she said, because she didn't know what to say. So she now that's what she's bound to do. Mm-hmm. She donated a bunch of money and stuff, too, to George, like different causes, right? Uh, I don't know what she donated. Yeah, she did. She did for this. But are people going to be mad at Ellen because of the comments she made a couple months ago about... Uh, you know, if you're in quarantine, it's like being in jail. <laughs> people, got you got to be consistent, man. Well, I think the Move reason why Ellen DeGeneres deeds. actually um, donated is because of a lot of the criticism that she was getting. So, uh, and that's why she had to respond and say that the reason why she didn't do anything was because she didn't know what to say. And she did delete her tweet for things to change, things must change, just because of the backlash she got from that. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, Charlemagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, we need Laura Ingram to come to the front of the congregation. We would like to have a word with her, please. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed up. So like a donkey. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Donkey of the Day for Friday, June 5th, goes to Fox News host Laura Ingram. Today's word of the day is contradiction. What is the contradiction? Uh, a combination of statements, ideas, or features of a situation that are opposed to one another. Not to be confused with changing your mind. There's absolutely nothing wrong with changing your mind, but you have to acknowledge that change of mind, especially when you were so strong in a position like Laura Ingram was, okay? Do we all recall when Carrie Champion, drop on the clues bombs for Carrie Champion, do we all recall when Carrie had the web series rolling with the champion on Interrupted? On one of those episodes, she had Kevin Durant and LeBron James, and they were riding around LeBron's hometown of Akron, Ohio, and Carrie asked LeBron about a tweet where he referred to Donald Trump, the celebrity in chief, as a bum. Remember this? We cannot deny that we are um, very divided, especially in the political arena. Yeah, for sure. LeBron, you called the president a bum. Yeah, straight up. Straight up. How do you describe the climate for an athlete with a platform nowadays that want to talk about what's happening in our world? Well, the climate is hot. The number one job in America, the point of person, is someone who doesn't understand the people and really don't give a about the people. Now, LeBron is a tax-paying American citizen. He has the right to criticize the president because the president works for him. Period. Poo. But Laura Ingram didn't think so. Laura Ingram disagreed. Okay, this is what she had to say about LeBron's comments on Donald Trump. Let's hear it. It's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. 
Owen, LeBron and Kevin, you're great players, but no one voted for you. Millions elected Trump to be their coach. So keep the political commentary to yourself, or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. Shut up and dribble. She was strong about that, right? Well, let's turn to Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees made some comments this week that rubbed people the wrong way because he is blinded by his privilege, so he doesn't see the other side of America that you see when you're black. And he's one of those folks who still thinks, you know, people are taking a knee simply because we are being unpatriotic. Let's hear what he had to say. I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. Let me let me just tell you what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the, the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II. And is everything right with our country right now? No, we still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better. And that we are all part of the solution. Now, if you want to hear my thoughts on that, go to Breakfast Club's YouTube page, Breakfast Club Power 105.1, and listen to yesterday's donkey of the day. But just for the record, the reason so many black people have a problem with patriotism is because how can we salute a country that denies us justice and has been brutalizing us for hundreds of years, okay? Black people fought in those same world wars and fought for this country when this country was denying us civil rights. Period. Pooh. Now, based off Laura Ingram's comments, you would think that she would want Drew Brees to shut up and throw. You would think Laura Ingram would want Drew Brees to shut up and stand behind a man while he's bent over and Drew has his hand between his legs, okay? But no, Laura's singing a new tune when it comes to Drew Brees. Let's listen. Well, he's allowed to have his view about what kneeling and the flag means to him. I mean, he's a person. He has some worth, I would imagine. I mean, this is beyond football, though. This is totalitarian, totalitarian conduct. This mm -hmm. is Stalinist. And by the way, on the streets of New Orleans, we're looking at live pictures. They're yep. shouting F through breeze. Wow. That's what, that's that's what this moment has done to the beautiful team this spirit is, of the New Orleans This Saints. is a contradiction. A combination of statements, ideas, are features of a situation that are opposed to one another. Okay, Laura, this is so ridiculously racist, so blatantly bigoted, so predictably prejudiced. Okay, this is why it's a waste of time to have conversations with people like Laura Ingram. People like Laura Ingram are committed to misunderstanding you for ratings. Okay, and by you, I mean us, black people. When it comes to LeBron, it's shut up and dribble. When it comes to Drew Brees, it's he has the right to his opinion when it comes to politics. Well, of course, Laura Ingram decided to go on TV and explain to the world why she eats mayonnaise out of a jar with a spoon. Listen to this colonizer explain her contradiction. Now, my defense of Brees led to an online chorus of people comparing those comments to previous comments I had made uh, to LeBron James without dwelling on the nuance between the two instances, let me be very clear about what I believe. We are all children of God, regardless of our racial or political differences, and therefore must be treated equally. Every American it has a God-given right to speak his or her own mind on any issue. And I think in order to heal and shed light on gross injustices, our country needs more dialogue, not less. And we need more respect, not retribution. Now, we're all human beings, and we're on this earth for a very short period of time when you think about it, and this is a moment when we should be listening and learning. We are all children of God. 
Yes, and some of us are children of Yakub. Okay, this is proof that when you are possessed by evil spirits, it is crafty manipulations that you follow. But when you are possessed by the real Holy Spirit of God, it is wise discretions you pursue. Laura could have felt the way she feels now about LeBron because clearly she understands people should have their own opinion and they have the right to their opinion. But she chose not to because he's black. She chose not to because he criticized her president. Okay, the reason she sides with Drew Brees is because she feels the same way he does. Never mind the black men and women getting killed every day at the hands of the police. Respect that flag. Can't even be upset, okay? I can't even be upset at Laura. Do what you will, Laura, because America's creed as we know it, that whole freedom, justice, equality thing, when it comes to black people, all fiction. And to be a black person in America is a contradiction because all those values you stand on and, and hold up for everybody else... When it comes to you and yours, doesn't apply to me and mine. Please let Chelsea Handler give Laura Ingram of Fox News the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. That is way too much Dan Mayonnaise. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Well deserved. All right. When we come back, Yvonne Orgy will be joining us. She has a special that's Yvonne out this week. Yvonne What's the name of the special, yes. Yves? Mama, I made it. Mama, I made it. All right, so we're going to kick it with Yvonne Orgy when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now and a friend to the room, Yvonne Orgy. Welcome. Pew, 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 pew. What's going on? How y'all doing? Good morning. Mm-hmm. A friend uh, to the room, but not a, not a friend to Issa anymore, apparently. On, on Insecure. Wow. Not in real life, but on Insecure. Right off the bat. Just, <laughs> that's how we're starting to talk. Okay. Well, I, I was, was tight at you. I was tight at Molly. I was like... <laughs> I thought you was an ally. Nah, I'm not going to lie. Because, look, I understood you being mad because Issa did some really messed up things in your friendship. Why you keep saying also- you? I know, right? You make it seem like it's real. I thought they really wasn't messing with oh, each other. Sure. I just wanted, before we get into the special, because that was weighing on my soul, you know, as somebody who is very heavy on my friendships, I just don't think the appropriate time to ambush somebody about your friendship problems is right after a major event that they just pulled off. Why are you acting like you're talking to Molly? Relax. <laughs> Yo, she, she acts like she's Why in not? this show. Goodness gracious. Damn. Damn. I feel like Angela's about to post up. Like, do something that little. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. y'all. It's, it's 7 o'clock on the, on, the, on the West Coast. I haven't even got my morning prayer in. I haven't prayed to my husband yet. You know what I'm saying? I got, I got my devotionals. <laughs> but Angela, Angela, you need to tell me uh, it's, it's 8 billion people out in the world. Your friend tells you just don't talk to this one person and you can't go, you can't find nobody else to help you. So then what am I to you? I'm your, cl- I'm your clutch. Yeah, your I, best friend, you should like... be able to ask your best friend. And then your best friend should be able to ask her man. And guess what? He did it anyway. Molly invited you over for pie, son. <laughs> All you have to do is come over and have some pie on Thanksgiving. And we could have talked about it. We could have hashed it out. And we could have been cool. But you know what? Exclamation mark. The end. <laughs> Period. How do, you, how, do you, how do you feel about Molly's character this season? I almost feel happy that you were on quarantine because I feel like if you was in them streets, you'd be getting a lot more Angela Yee energy from a lot of people. Yo, yo, real talk, real, I'm not, I can't even front. I'm so glad I'm in therapy by death, though, like as an actual human being because these streets got me feeling like, maybe let me start over. I was like, y'all, y'all, y'all got to figure this out. Like, is it, and I don't know that it gets better for Molly. I don't know Uh-oh. that it gets better for Molly, but, uh, 
Yeah, no, they they coming out with like for real ah, shot fired. Like I, one person last week, you know, in the middle of everything that that was happening. I just, I'm tweeting what's actually happened when people are watching. Somebody was like, not today, Yvonne. I was like, So I'm looking like, did I miss the memo? Is Issa and, and Princess and everybody else? Like, everybody was tweeting. They tweeted. They were like, no, Yvonne. We watching it in silence today. I was like, hold on, hold okay. on. I, what did I do to y'all? Now let's talk about your special. You know, we all seen your special. Kudos, man. The special was hilarious. Yes. Very, very, very well done. done. Yes, very I well done. I, wanted, I, I actually came and came backstage to see you because I was so impressed when I saw you live, and this stand-up special was everything. So I forgave Molly, and I love Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I'm hoping, you know, I get it. It's a lot. It's really a lot going on outside, and I'm I'm hoping that by Saturday people need 65 minutes of just laughter to just to take mm-hmm. their minds off of the crazy that's happening. So how was going back home you know what's and, so interesting? And, and people seeing you, where you're from, where you, where you grew up in your village? How, how was that? Yo, that was, that was real live. It was, it was so much it's a moment of fulfillment. Cause you know, I'm the one with the mic, so I can say whatever, but right. giving my parents an opportunity to be like, we have some things to say as well. And we want to say, you know, like that, <laughs> That was a beautiful moment of them to like kind of air their grievances, put out their hopes or whatever. My favorite moments uh, were when they were getting interviewed and they would stop talking and it would just be like a moment of silence. And I'm like, it was that moment is just packed with so much because I know, you know, my my parents are thinking, ah, we just we really did not know, we did not know, you know, like right. thinking so much. It was an intentional to separate Yvonne from Molly by showing them how different Yvonne is from Molly. I was thinking about Molly when I was shooting the special. I was, this is this is 14 years in the making for me. You know what I mean? I started comedy in 2006, so this is who I was before y'all found me as Molly. And so what it was was for me to like, please allow me to reintroduce myself. They call me Y. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to show y'all. It's almost kind of like for me, it's not one of those things where you know when somebody gets a little shot and get a platform and they're an actor. And it's like, you know what I want to try? It's comedy. It's like, no, I've been doing this. You've been you know? doing this. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of things that you talked about that I could relate to, like being broke and going on a date, you know, because you need to eat. And I've talked about that extensively from when I was younger, when you like, man, looks like I'm going to have to go on that date. I ain't really want to go on with that person I didn't really like because I am hungry. <laughs> I remember the one date that I was like, it's not even worth it. I'll just starve. I remember going on a date with this dude. It was bad from the. It was bad from like minute five, and I was like, "Wow, how hungry are you?" Like, <laughs> you know, it didn't get better. And at the end of the night, I thought it was definitely going to be one of those. Well, you know, God bless and goodbye. And here he go. He's like, "So you know, you want to do this again?" I'm like, "Hell no!" no. Like, I, what makes a day not. bad though? Like, what's bombing? What made it bad? Uh, I, he was he was pretty much talking about himself the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then was kind of like, if we had just come to my comedy show, too, was just kind of talking like, um, you know, it was cool. I mean, but, like, what else are you going to do? And I was like, with what? And he was like, oh, like, your life. And I was like, oh, oh okay, cool, 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 cool. Mm-hmm. Um, nah, let me get the lobster. <laughs> I was really looking. What is he doing? What was his job? Who knows? It's not with me no more. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did you reach for your wallet after to, to pretend you was going to pay? 
always do. I always do it just like a, and I, I just uh, hey, but no, bro. Like you better not, you better not let me pull nothing out. Because <laughs> have you ever out. gotten caught that way and ended up having to pay half? Absolutely, and I was like, this is trash. I just, I, I, I was disgusted as a woman. This, no, this is not what we mean when we want equal pay. This is not what we're fighting for. <laughs> Does, does your mom still monitor your dating life since you said your mom wants you to get engaged so bad? Listen, with every birthday, she is definitely like, so what are your plans? <laughs> I can't even want to make these plans. Would your parents have an issue if you brought home, like, somebody Asian, somebody white? Would they? What would they say about that? 40 and I'm still single, they'd be like, so you brought home a giraffe. I, we love a tall dude. We brought home, we love a tall. <laughs> they, they, right now, you know, they're holding hope, holding on to hope for like a Nigerian. Uh, I, that that would be very interesting. Uh, but I think, let me have two more birthdays and I'm still single. They're going to be like, boy, before we die. Before we die. <laughs> Somebody to love. <laughs> When's the last time you've been on a date? Uh, Andy, can I help you? You guys can right. just hook up, breakfast club, hook up. What's going on? Uh, just asking. Just yeah, DM's about I'm to be lit. You, hey, okay. I'm glad you told that mind his business just I'm now. I'm just asking. We just talked we just talk about his mom. His mom said, before I, before I die. So I'm just asking, when's the last time you, you know? Why? You, 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 you're bringing that blending with the wallpaper energy right now, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got more with Yvonne Orgy. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Yvonne Orgy. Charlemagne? Listen, how's your relationship with Issa, right? Because I know that it's acting on set, but now that y'all beefing on the show, do you find yourself yeah. beefing with her off camera by accident? No. You gotta no. be in character. If anybody, okay. if anybody got beef with Issa, uh, they have issues in their own life. You know what I'm saying? Because Issa is the most, like, Super passionate, but like anti-conflict. But I do know that this was a different season for us because we were beefing throughout the whole season. We wouldn't see each other on set because she had a whole different world with Condola. I mean, we we she had episode five and eight by herself so far. So it was like I wasn't on set with her as much. And then when we were together, it was all this tension. And so by the time we shot episode five, I was like, I don't like this season. I don't I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I literally was like, I miss you. I miss you too, girl. No, nah, but in real life, that's my, that's the homie. I, 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 as, my, as Yvonne, I'll fight you. you talk, that's don't right. Talk, don't talk about Eva. Mm -hmm. Can you admit that Molly's a bad friend? <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Anything of the sort. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Molly is not a bad friend. Molly is just a woman trying to find her voice. And in order to use it, mm -hmm. to find her voice, you got to use it. And it's mm -hmm. not always going to come out right. And I think what people are watching is somebody trying to find their highest self and having missteps and we as a black community don't always grace ourselves through our growth and so that's really what it is i think what people are projecting on her is like yeah she's gonna make some mistakes she's never set boundaries before she told y'all she's never been in a relationship this long before and so i think molly is you know going through it to grow through it now speaking of which i saw that y'all had some little sex toys on the show how would you feel if somebody whipped out a bunch of sex toys on you. Now, if it's my husband, I'd be like, let's, let's try. Because I've been waiting now all my life. I've I know. 
Oh, I definitely, when we were uh, in Mexico, I was like, so what What exactly does that do? I was looking at the prop dude, like, Lynn, can I hold these? Can I hold these for a little bit? <laughs> no, no, listen, what are your, I, I liked what you did in the, um, the special when you had that group, that group shot where all, all of y'all was talking. Like, so, yeah. so what are your thoughts about African culture, like, finally becoming mainstream in America? Was, well, it's beautiful. For me, I think it's, it's mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful in terms of, like, the the crossover because you know when you go home it's just it's it's familiar to you right you right. see you, you hear the Afro beats you know it's popping and now you're just like oh all the people that I know here also know that the stuff back there is popping and I love it I think it's a beautiful time I you know it's funny with everything that was going on I I, I was talking to a good friend of mine I was like hey she was saying like who who is our ally like who what other countries are superpower uh, that we that can that can help us and I was like yo. Can you imagine if, like, every African country was at a place where they were, like, financially and militarily, where if black people are in trouble here, if we can't call on Europe, if we can't call on Asia, we can oh, be like, man. yo, who do you? And our African is <laughs> like, we're sitting in the African Union? And my girl, my friend was like, so that's Wakanda. I was like, bruh! I was like, is that what like? But she was right. It's like, that is Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why can't it be real life? Like, I, I, I was sad for a moment because it's like, it is every, black people everywhere are experiencing this. Like, when Corona first hit, black people in China, could, like, they couldn't get, um, like, healthcare service. And it was like, yeah! Like, I felt like, I felt like, you know, that thing like, dang, dang, dang! Because it's just like, mm-hmm. I wish we could have like, people that we could call and be like, no, we're going to come save the day because we got oil and we got gold. That's what was interesting to me in that episode where you guys were in Mexico, just to hear like the different takes on cultural differences and how they tried to paint you, his brother tried to paint you out as like the angry black woman when we saw how she treated you. And I know that feeling when you go to get something and you say, how come you ain't asking white people? Or when you online to get on the plane and they ask you if you're supposed to be, oh, this is first class. And you're like, you ain't asking white people. (laughs) And I was watching that and I had so many emotions about that because I was like y'all don't understand trapping while black is 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 high key frustrating because you know I think they stopped doing it now but it's not the it's not the people taking your tickets anymore when they're like now boarding group one it's the other people that are lined up and it's like oh, she said group right. one and Excuse I'm like me. I know I know I'm sorry I'm platinum I'm, I'm, I'm platinum okay thank right. you and it's just like, like let me live let me breathe it but my friend Bo, she was like, I'm taking back the term angry black woman because for so long, I think people have tried to weaponize that against us. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, no, we are angry. And I'm going to use that to my advances. I'm going to be angry. I'm angry at work because I have reason to be angry. So what, what have you, you mentioned the verses. What have you been doing during this pandemic? Have you been reading more, watching more television? What, what, what have you been doing? Man, I just turned in another draft of my book that's coming out uh, next oh. year. Uh, ben, mm-hmm. ben hey. about Jesus. How God tricked me into the life of my dreams, and I tell you one thing: He definitely tricked me into writing that daggone book by myself. Uh, why didn't you tell me, Charlemagne? Why didn't you tell me? The book I, I would have told you. You do not have to sit there and try to write a whole book by yourself. Because you got stories and you got ideas. You just write the stories down, write the ideas down, and then let somebody else fluff it up. I thought it was like I thought it was like a rapper. Like I wanted street cred. Like no, I write my hey. own lines. Oh, you ain't want no ghostwriter. <laughs> yeah. All right. First of all, trying to write a book in between trying to executive produce uh, 
film and, uh, you know, edit and star in a comedy special and shoot a movie and finish a season of comedy. Right. I don't know. I, I really did think I was African with a baby on my back and a pill of water in my head. I thought I could really <laughs> do it all. So what you been doing, teletherapy? Teletherapy every two weeks. Uh, you know, just... And I, you know what? I've been doing therapy every two weeks and I've been doing that for like two to, two to four hours. I just be soaking. It's been therapeutic as heck just to even just sit when do we ever get to just sit silently right. and not right. be missing out on anything? Because the world is closed. The outside has been closed. And so baths and therapy have really just been my escape. But I'm so looking forward to leisurely reading. I got about four books I started that I haven't finished. I'm, you know, I'm going to become like Michelle Obama um, <laughs> in, a, in a couple of days. You know, it's, it's, it's got to be like personally, too, though. It's got to kind of be like a mind f because you got, you're having your moment. Because the stand-up special is coming out. And like you said, outside is burning. Yeah. Um, because we, I think we need it. You know, I, I, I've been vacillating between looking at it as kind of like, I guess it's going to be a casualty of war, to turning my, my uh, perspective to be like, or maybe it's happening for such a time as this. Maybe this is the best right. time for the special to come out. Maybe right. this I is, think so. You know, we need, we need it right now. And it's good. Like, you know, I, I mm -hmm. try not to do trash stuff. It is good. Um, That's good, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank you thank you and I, that's where listen, you and molly are different <laughs> and wow you've been holding in eight episodes of anger she and has i been. couldn't wait on the phone because we rescheduled this i was like hold on we need to talk we need to figure this out but hopefully this weekend y'all will reconcile things and we could be cool am i gonna be mad i think you stay mad so I don't know if you can help. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but I love you, Yvonne, so that's all that matters. I, I got nothing but love for you, Angela. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm excited. And I think this is actually the perfect storm for change to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this is divine um, because I feel like ain't no good going to come to the world until they do right by black people. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think all of these things are impacting um, uh, black folks the way that they are, just so the world can see that and the world can finally have the opportunity to properly atone to us. Yvonne, thank you for joining <laughs> us so much. We appreciate you. I appreciate right. you. Congratulations on everything. Thank you, Mama. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Mama. Gabrielle Union has filed a discrimination complaint against America's Got Talent producers. Now, this is a harassment complaint, and she filed that in the state of California against the producers and the network behind America's Got Talent. She also has a new accusation that NBC Entertainment chairman Paul Telegdi threatened her over speaking out against racism on set. So according to her attorney, when Gabrielle Union informed NBC of racially offensive conduct during the taping of America's Got Talent, NBC did not stand with her in outrage at acts of racism. And they, he also said that NBC did not care enough to either promptly investigate Ms. Union's complaints or even ask HR to get involved. Instead, they stood against her and directed its outrage at her for whistleblowing about the racially offensive conduct that she experienced while on set. Now, Dwayne Wade also revealed that he and Gabrielle Union were being watched and followed while negotiating their complaint against NBC Universal. So, yeah, that's what's going on here. So we'll see what happens Watch and follow with by their home. whole situation. Uh, I guess according to uh, Dwayne Wade, after initially revealing the company's workplace practices against her, 
that's uh, when, when, after she filed that complaint. Uh, that's when they said the newly minted judge stood on a closed soundstage and was enveloped in a cloud of cigarette smoke to which he's been severely allergic her entire life. Producers, mm-hmm. fellow judges, and set assistants looked on unfazed as series creator and star Simon Cowell finished his smoke while Union's respiratory system went haywire. So Dwayne Wade is saying the family has been terrorized throughout the entire process. He said, y'all have deemed her a liar after months of trying to inform y'all of the issues in the workplace and also make sure other employees of color that comes after her won't have the same experience. Instead of looking through the lens of someone who has been an advocate for the black and brown community, for women, and for rape victims. If if Gabrielle Union's been done wrong, I hope that she gets her money. Absolutely. Yeah, she's also doing a separate lawsuit against Simon Cowell as well. Oh, so she got two. So she's suing NBC and Simon Cowell. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, she, she really, really, really must feel like she, yeah, she really must feel like she got a case because, you know, them companies like that, they got them long, they got that long money to fight your ass in court for a long time. But D-Wade right. and Gabe, Gabrielle got money too, though. Yes, they do. Yeah, and it's good to be vocal because what she's trying to do is make a change across the board so things like this don't happen for the next person and the next person. All right, now here's a great story. You guys will love this. Now, Kenny DeForest is a comedian, and he told this story on Twitter. So I'll break it down for you. But basically, this is a story that happened back in January of 2015 that involves Dave Chappelle. He said that Dave Chappelle went to the knitting factory in New York one night, and he did an impromptu set. And he said he was asking the crowd for them to give him headlines to riff on. So one person yells out police brutality. And this is right after the Eric Garner uh, killing that happened. And he said a clearly privileged white girl shouts, life's hard, sorry about it. When he starts talking about police brutality. And Dave Chappelle said, I thought body cams would help. But what good is video evidence if you all don't care? And the girl yells out, life's hard, sorry about it. So Dave Chappelle says, what did you say? And she repeated it. And that's when he started to educate her. But he didn't attack her. He didn't yell. He didn't make fun of her. He started educating the crowd on the history of black people and the police. He talked about slave patrols, Rodney King and Watts and Emmett Till and Black Wall Street. He talked about Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown. And he talked about John Crawford III. Do you guys know who John Crawford III is? No, who's John, John Crawford, Crawford III? Didn't he get killed in, he got killed in, no, I'm about to say Walmart, but that don't sound right. He did get killed in Walmart. He picked up he a did. baby gun. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was for sale in Walmart, and he was just looking at the BB gun, and somebody called the cops. A white person called the cops, mm-hmm. and the officer came in, doesn't even say drop the weapon, hands up, just shoots him and kills him, and it's now. on security yep. footage. Yes, it's plain as day. And according to the uh, comedian DeForest, he says, Chappelle then tells a story about getting, pu- getting pulled over in a rural Ohio where he lives. This is before that shooting before John Crawford III got shot and killed, but after Ferguson, so racial tension is bubbling. He said, I may be white on paper, but I'm still black, so I'm nervous. He said, the cop approaches. He can tell I'm nervous. I have both my hands on the wheel. And I say, officer, my license and registration is in the glove box. I'm going to reach for them now. I promise I'm not armed. He said, I could tell the officer was offended. And he said, I know who you are, Dave Chappelle. And I said, so why do I need my license and registration? He said, he got off with a warning. And he said, the twist is that same cop is the same cop who will go on to murder John Crawford III. And at the end of it, he said, I shouldn't have to be Dave Chappelle to survive police encounters. 
Damn. Now, what's really relevant about this whole story, though, is the comedian, Kenny DeForest, who tweeted all this and waited until now to talk about it five years later. He said Dave Chappelle goes on to explain that one of his best friends is South African. He said, I asked him what it was like in South Africa right before apartheid ended, and he said it was chaos in the streets. There were riots and car bombs, but the amount of people caring hit critical mass, and there was nothing they could do to stop it. The people had momentum, and apartheid ended. Critical mass, that's what we have to hit. Once enough of you care, there will be nothing they can do to stop the change and he said it was incredibly powerful and the crowd was somber and silent well i think that's the moment that we're in right now and you know mm-hmm. it makes me feel exactly. bad when i know when, when i know these stories like you know i know these names like when you said john crawford the third I, I knew the name but i'm like it felt like it, it, it all started to feel like a blur because you hear so many of these stories. so many so different like, names and stories yeah yeah he's like, was that the guy yeah. who got shot in walmart Oh, was that the guy who got pulled over and, you know, he had a legal gun and they still shot him? Was that the guy who was scared and ran and they shot him in the back? It's literally all a blur. You just know the names. You just don't know how they got killed by police. You just know they got killed by police. Well, I know that was a long story I just told, but I thought it was really important and I thought it was amazing, especially for the time that we're in right now. And, you know, after all this, the white girl actually came back to speak to him and you know, Joy Ellen Nicole came back and said, I told her to leave, but Dave Chappelle said, no, bring her back. And she said, I'm sorry for what I said. Thank you for educating me. I was ignorant before, but I want you to know I learned from you tonight and I won't say things like that anymore. Yeah, that's that was great. That's um, I'm glad he educated her because most comedians would have roasted her and she would have she ran out of there. And the whole audience actually Almost. got educated. So think about other people who might have kind that's of felt right. that way. Absolutely. Yeah, but most comedians right, aren't Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock, so they don't have the intellect to be able to educate somebody on a subject like that. Mm-hmm. Also, sometimes people just get really angry, and they don't want to explain things, and I understand that too, you know, because you can get really mad and upset when people, you're like, you have all this information, you see what's going on, how do you still not know? So that was a great approach, and that did work that night. And in closing, I just want to let you guys know Oprah is hosting a discussion with Black Thought Leaders on a 19-network simulcast. It's called Where Do We Go From Here? It's a two-night event featuring Ava DuVernay, Stacey Abrams, and more. So you'll see a lot of people. uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms will be on that. Uh, David Oyelowo, and um, it'll be on June 9th and June 10th across OWN and Discovery's 18 other U.S. networks, which includes TLC, Food Network, ID, and HGTV. All right, well, that is your rumor report. Now, uh, shout to um, Revolt. We'll see you guys on Monday. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in, and it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now we have to shout to uh, Bob Johnson for joining us this morning. Salute to OG Bob Johnson. Um, I totally agree with the energy that Bob Johnson is on. America has to atone for its original sin which is slavery, and no good is going to come to this country until they do that. So, you know, Bob wants $14 trillion in, re- $14 trillion in reparations. I'm not mad at it. All right, and shout to Yvonne Orgy for joining us as well. Yes, yes Mama, I made Orgy. it. Her special will be on tomorrow on HBO. That's right. All right, when we come back, we got the positive notes, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, again, happy birthday to my son. Today he turned six. Uh, he's a, a, a huge lover of uh, cars, whether it's Hot Wheel cars, uh, toy cars, uh, regular cars. He just loves cars. wonder where he gets it from. But um, because it's rainy today and he can't have a party because of COVID coronavirus, I put together like a little parade yesterday at the house where it was like 
I would say about 30, 40 cars driving by and kind of like a parade. So it was pretty dope and he enjoyed it. He loved it. So let me shout out to uh, PCNY Wayne. Let me shout out to Illmatic Raps for getting that together for me. Uh, and shout out to that one neighbor that called the police too. Shout out to her too. Yeah. So she, go she, said, she called and said, it's, a, she, it's a bunch of Negroes gathering. I'm sure. I'm sure. Karen. That's probably what exactly what she did. But there's a bunch of Negroes out there with some expensive cars. I, they probably nope, stole nope, them. She said, nope, she said, it might be a protest. I think it's a protest going on. It looks, it don't look peaceful. It looks suspicious. <laughs> well, we still had a good time. Cops, I mean, they didn't do anything, but I, I just thought it was, it was crazy that you see these kids outside and they're screaming happy birthday and you call the police on, on a six-year-old. But she had thought a good time. they were saying Black Lives Matter. Happy birthday, Black Lives Matter, same thing. My goodness. All right. Well, you got a positive note? I do have a positive note, man. The positive note is simply this, man. Uh, do your best and let the rest go. You can't be perfect no matter how hard you try. So give yourself credit for making an effort and try to stop stressing about the outcome. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?